All right, we're live here once again at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by James Balsamo of Acid Bath Productions. It's always good to have you back on the show. Always a pleasure, Neil. Nasty Neil. Mr. Nasty Neil. Mr. Nasty, if you're uh, acquainted yeah, it's 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 been talked about. Some people don't think I'm nasty, which is probably a good thing. They want me to change it. Uh, Sweet Neil, which is nice, but I think does not. I don't think it's fitting of the show at all. Sure. Like, Too welcome close. to the station yeah. decapitation. I'm Sweet Neil. It just doesn't work. Right. Necro Neil was suggested. That was not oh, too bad. Necro Neil. Yeah. But James is a man who puts uh, the red rocket into indie filmmaking uh, to steal uh, some lyrics from the from the amazing theme song, Hollywood Werewolf. Yeah, the antibodies did an amazing job on that theme song. Very fun, very fun song. Yeah, and uh, the antibodies will be the music of the month next month here in Without Your Head. Uh, so their music will be playing all month. You might actually hear that song during the shows. I hope you and, do. Uh, and we'll have them on at some point during the month. Sweet. So uh, for people not aware, can you explain Hollywood Werewolf? Sure. Hollywood Werewolf stars Andy Dick. Uh, let me just say that. And Andy Dick That's all you need to know. Werewolf. Yeah, I know. It's a real howl. So the story is about Elliot Wolf, who's a child actor. And uh, as child actors sometimes fall through the cracks in life and they become stars early and then become train wrecks. And so art imitates life and life imitates art. And Andy Dick, who plays Elliot Wolf, former child star, looking for a new gimmick, becomes a werewolf and starts taking Hollywood by storm. And uh, it's got an amazing cast and Joe Castro did the effects and it's wild. It's a wild ride. Eric Roberts is in it. Uh, Bill Whedon. You might know I'm from Man, yeah. Man, and uh, this man's helped produced feature film, Once Future Smash, and uh, a whole bunch of other fun cast of wacky characters. So it's out now Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes and Noble, or jamesbalsamo.com. Check it out. Yeah. So this, uh, I know you've actually had this one like in the works for a long time. I remember seeing the poster for a long time and the name. And so. Uh, did you always have Andy Dick involved? And once you did, is that what really like got the feature, you know, finished then? Uh, yeah. So originally I was going to play the werewolf. I was going to be Elliot Wolf, but in a way I did play Elliot Wolf in the end. So, uh, yeah, Andy Dick wasn't originally going to be in it, but, um, a producer friend of mine, Rob Mulligan, who helped me get Tommy Chong in one of my movies told me, Hey, I know, Andy Dick, and I think I could get him in something for you if you're interested. And I said, yeah, that'd be great. The very next day, Andy Dick just so happened to be walking outside of my apartment building when I was living in Koreatown. It was a really strange thing because Rob hadn't talked to him about the movie yet. And Andy Dick just so happened to be literally outside of my <laughs> apartment. It was crazy and serendipitous. And after that happened, I knew uh, I had to get him to be this werewolf. And uh, so he was uh, down for it right away. Because there's a lot of things about uh, his character being a washed-up actor and stuff. So uh, he's all good with all this content? Oh, yeah. What's great about Andy is he he's brilliant. And he really understands comedy. And he's got a great sense of humor for the joke. And I think not only comedy, but being an actor, you just have to like put ego... And anything aside for the bit or the character, and it's all about the moment. You know, it's a very Buddhist filmmaking, and so if you have to degrade yourself or kind of be the butt of the joke, the point is not to hurt yourself, but to make everyone else enjoy the performance. And that's what's great about Andy is that he really makes that eagle soar. Yeah, I or even that wolf cry in this. Film. Exactly. Yeah. I, I honestly, his um, whenever he's played a character, it's never been about like, like he's like the you know the badass or something. So yeah, yeah that's what we should do. Get him, get him for Wild Hogs too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although there are fight scenes in uh, in Hollywood World. And that's true. There are uh, Guy Grundy, 
who is a wonderful actor, plays Frank Stein and gets plastic surgery to look like Frankenstein's monster. And then that's uh, dedication to uh, Tacit Bath Productions. It's true. And then, you know, the werewolf fights Frankenstein's monster. Uh, just as it was in the classic. Yes, yeah, that, that's actually. Um, is it eight millimeter? What is the? Is old. Uh, uh, no one really cares. But when I was a little kid, we had the the. Uh, I think it's eight millimeter. It's like an eight minute movie on the little reels. Uh, my grandfather, my grandfather used to play, and we ha I used to watch uh, Frankenstein wow. versus uh, awesome. uh, Wolfman many times. Very it had cool. it had no audio. It was just like a six minute version of the movie. But nice. I have I have fond memories. Of. Oh but, yeah, uh, where they're hugging at the end—that's my favorite. <laughs> they're just kind of, <laughs> and the Wolfman like jumps off of a crate, and he just—he doesn't want to like really hurt Frankenstein, so he's just like gingerly like lands on him. It's amazing. I love that. Right. <laughs> yeah. The greatest fight of all time, and they're all, oh, we're dancing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like uh, for any of my wrestling fans out there, when the Yeti, uh, when he when he was doing the big bear hug on uh, on Hulk Hogan in the '90s on on WCW. And if people don't know, go watch it on YouTube. It's it's a yeah, good time. Go. Yeah. So you mentioned the theme song, uh, the Antibodies. Had you uh, known them previously? They've done a lot of cool theme songs for a lot of uh, any movies. Yeah, they've done a lot of cool theme songs for me. They did the one for 14 Ghosts, and uh, they're working on a new one now for my new movie, Robot Dracula, where Malcolm McDowell plays Robot Dracula. Oh, it's got a whole bunch of cool people in that. John Landis, Russell Simmons, and a whole bunch more. So how did you uh, come in contact with the antibodies? I don't remember, honestly. I, I feel like they might have reached out to me and said, hey, if, if you'd like to you know, use some of our music or something, or we could write you something. And I said, yeah, that'd be amazing. I think I'm pretty sure that's how that went. And so that's, uh, that's how we became friends. And now they've done, like I said, they've done a few stuff songs for me and they're always catchy and they're always fun. So I love working with those guys. Yeah. So at the, uh, it's a really fun opening sequence. You got the animation, you got the song. You also have the, um, there's werewolves, uh, like the werewolf, like claws on the, on the people. And are those like things you filmed at, uh, at a convention? Like, yeah. So sometimes at shows I'll do a thing where people can win a raffle or they could pay to be in the movie. And the, those people in Hollywood werewolf, I think, uh, it's a mix. Some people won and some people paid and they're all in the movie. And now it's out in Walmart, Best Buy. If you want to be in a movie, send me a message at jamesbalsamo.com. I do a thing now where I produce other people's movies. You put in half the budget, I put in half the budget, and then we make a feature film. And then it goes to Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes & Noble, and I've done that a few times now. So if you want to make your own movie, send me a message. All right, sweet. I'm going to hit James up after the show here. I'm, I'll be back in L.A. in August. So. All right, sweet. But no, also why I wanted to bring that up is it's really cool because um, so if you go and see James at a convention, he's usually at Mad Monster and some other cool ones. Um, it's a it's a chance to get yourself in a movie, like you said, that's going to pop up all over all over the place. That's it, it's everywhere. Redbox, Crackle, and over two hundred streaming channels. So be on the lookout. You can make your own movie. Yeah. And normally you don't have annoying people uh, around that are making some other movie and keep and keep standing in your way. So normally, and if I do, go. I just I just kick them in the shin. I know I'm just, my leg still hurts. It's never recovered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see. Mark is my hero. Uh, so I had to go. To, anyway, that's from uh, Mark Scheffler. Oh, Mark Scheffler is amazing. Yeah, I love so. Mark. He's in my other movie, uh, Slice, and that's out now. And that has the guitar player of The Doors, Robbie Krieger, who gets killed with a door. And <laughs> uh, you can see Mark's demise also in Slice out now at jamesbalsamo.com or get it at Walmart or Best Buy. That's a movie I made with John Hitt, and uh, we just started finishing up the sequel. And last week we filmed with Tommy McLaughlin from... Friday the 13th, part six, who wrote and directed the movie. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, antibodies, woo! Yeah. And you can also listen to uh, your previous interview uh, where we talked about Slice. Yes. 
That's right. I believe you're working on a sequel at some point too. That's what I was saying. I, I'm shooting Slice too now. It's got uh, Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth in it, and Tommy McLaughlin from Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. I should have been paying attention. Uh, I was trying to figure out who these people are because it comes up Facebook user, but they have real names too. Uh, uh, Neil, wrong side. Neil, we like this. One. Ah, pet. <laughs> I <go> through the <laughs> high five. Hell um, yeah! No, you're the other side. Oh, on my oh, see, I there, have mine where. Right oh yeah, <laughs> take that internet. <laughs> That's good. I, I could edit in sound effects. We'd be good to go. Yeah, yeah. thank you for mentioning me. That was uh, that was uh, also from a Facebook user. We yeah, you're welcome. That's uh, actually Jojo Diaz. Oh, cool. I love Eric Roberts. Who doesn't? Right. Yes. So he's kind of like uh, one of your your uh, players now. He's a, he start you know you had him in the one movie and now he pops up all the time. It's very cool. Yeah, I, I think I've done the several features with Eric Roberts. He's in my new movie I made with Craig Muckler from Microwave Massacre fame. Mark and Clark World Adventures, and that's got Craig Muckler, Bob Cummings, uh, Joe Estevez. I'm sorry, Joe Estevez, as he pronounces it. Oh, I see. And uh, I'll have to remember that because I think he was going to come on at some point. I have to oh, uh, reschedule. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I love Joe. Joe's great. Um, and uh, the amazing Creskins in that movie. Oh, so. sweet! Another uh, many former guests. Not to you know. Yeah. Plug myself. That sounds weird. Sure. But yeah. <laughs> no, but that's really cool. Uh, amazing Kreskin. When I had him on, I found out he is like a big horror movie fan. So that's very cool. Yeah, he's awesome. He's, he's done two movies for me now. He's in Catch of the Day 2, and then uh, this Mark and Clark World Adventures. So. Um, so now that you do, like, really cool, um, you've always done cool, like, shirts and hats and stuff, and now you got, like, the, the Mad Ball, not Mad Balls, Balsamo Balls and uh, Balsamo yeah, Buddies. Mad Balsamos, yeah. There we go, there we go. Balsamo.com. I'm a huge fan of these. Not just because you're here, but that's pretty, that's pretty rocking. And then uh, we've got the uh, the ball slamos. The I love I love these. Yes. So yeah, jamesballslamo.com. We've got a whole bunch. There's the uh, unholy diver. That's really cool. Waves. And then uh, let's see here. We got the American Executioner from my. Now school. we're going old school. Yep. Uh, yeah, we got a whole bunch. So go to jamesballslamo.com. Check them out. Yeah, so my Don't question you out, brother. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have a this is this is one's not as cool as the balsamo buddy, but for Oh yeah. That one stings a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> but no, those are wild. And so my question was well, a couple things. First of all, you should do some product placement. Have those in your movies once in a while. Oh yeah. And, Mark and Clark, there's a commercial for oh, the nice. balsamo. And also now when you uh, start thinking of ideas, do you, uh, like, is that part of, like, your thought process? I got to make something that uh, I can also make a cool ball out of or a cool uh, uh, buddy out of. No, not usually, but but sometimes. You know what I mean? I do I do have this this guy for a movie coming up. Uh, his name is Basket Paul. <laughs> and Waleed Ash made this guy. Oh, my God, that rules. Tom Devlin's buddy there and so it's a monster and a basketball and so of course that'll be a mad balsamo and this guy we're working on this guy now we're still in pre-production for this guy but be on the lookout basket paul my name is paul i am a huge fan this is now see these are the kind of things when i was a kid or when you were a kid you probably thought hey i would put this in a movie someday and now you can yeah exactly it's true uh, go on, sorry. Hello, how are you? Yes, very, a very riveting question from Dean. Uh, Mia, he wants to know, How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? That's what I really want to know. Oh, central. Well, well, I'll make this into question. Steve Kenchman looking to get my comic films up and going and looking for investors. So, I'm not telling him to contact you, but would you have advice for someone like that who is looking for investors? Uh, yeah, if you're looking for uh, investors, you know the best the best bet is not to commit a crime, but to not commit a crime. That that is the best way to make money. <laughs> 
And definitely don't sell drugs. Damn. Don't. Straight Sorry, and narrow. Hi there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fundraising is hard. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's a weird thing. And then movies are so expensive. You know what I mean? Like I, I make movies for like tens of dozens of dollars and it's still expensive. You know what I mean? Like um, my my Christmas movie I made with Bill Victor Rukin and Greg Talley, uh, Ray Van Slender Saves Christmas, was about $350,000 and it opened at the Chinese theater four days before Avatar, which cost like a billion dollars. So don't let money get in your way. You know what I mean? Like in the grand scheme of things, like you don't need a billion dollars. You know what I mean? Like $350,000 to like a, a regular person is like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. I could put that on a house or something. But in film, it's nothing. You know what I mean? I, you know, uh, I was telling somebody about a movie that I'm working on that I'm not allowed to talk about that's going to cost $4 million. And I was having drinks with Woody Harrelson's brother. And he was like, I mean, you know, you got an impressive cast for $4 million, which is like nothing in the sense of what Hollywood is. You know what I mean? So like, just put that in your brain. You know what I mean? Like you don't need millions and millions of dollars. Like if anyone can show you that it can be done, it's me, because look, here I am being interviewed by Nasty Neil telling you the that you of success. Yeah. millions of dollars because my last movie that I made with two other investors played in the same theater as Avatar 2. Like, think about that. Just take a moment and be like, oh my God, that movie cost a billion dollars and you had your movie played there four days four days before that's crazy that's crazy neil that's Mm -hmm. crazy you don't need money just make the movie make the movie i i i wow i'm gonna go make a movie now i'm telling you i get it all the time people say hey james why why can't wow that's a really impressive uh mad ball you made there yeah (laughs) Yeah, this this is mad alf you might recognize my dog Al from some of my movies. I just, you know, it drives me crazy when people say, "How do you get money? I need money. I need... you don't need money. Pick up a camera, make your superhero movie. It's not going to be the Flash, okay? You know, Disney just made a two million dollar flop, okay? Did you hear about that? <laughs> Elements big flop, two million dollars. Save yourself the two million, make a movie because if it's your first movie, it's you know, it's gonna be your first movie. Just do it. Yeah, and you talk about uh, some even some of those ones they still make like 500 million and like that was a big flop because it needed to make you know two billion dollars to break the even. Film industry like the and money is insane, and so many indie filmmakers come up to me because. I'm doing it on pennies on the dollar in the grand scheme. And they're like, how do you do it? You know what I mean? It's like, I just do it. I just pull every favor that I can. I get celebrities to do it for nothing or really cheap because I'm passionate about what I'm making. Cause I want to make movies. That's all I want to do, Neil. You know what I mean? So I want to work with people that want to have that same kind of passion and not be worried about, oh, what are we eating for craft service today? Martin Scorsese got everybody steaks. Well, guess what? I'm not Scorsese and you ain't eating a fucking steak on my dollar, okay? That's not what this is about. This is about getting a vision out of a story or some kind of entertainment because that's what it is at the end of the day. It's entertainment, okay? Stop trying to think you need to throw money at it. Throw creativity, and then somebody with money will be like, wow, this guy's got great original ideas. I have a buttload of money, and the last thing I poured $2 million into sank to the bottom of the ocean, and now what am I going to do? Oh, I know. I'll try something different. I'll give the creative guy some money because he showed me he could do it with no money. So do it with no money. Or take what little money you have and split it with me, and then I'll put it on a platform where it hits Walmart, Best Buy, and every retail store there is in the free world and get it out there. And, uh, I mean, that right there is something that, uh, you know, a lot of other people uh, aren't going to have. 
you 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 know that connection. And uh, some it sounds like just common sense, but being uh, nice and friendly and stuff actually goes a long way because that's how you build those connections and people remember that and then want to work with you or they'll be willing like yeah I'm, I'm gonna uh i'm gonna do a favor for this guy because he's a good dude yeah be genuine be yourself don't don't be a poser don't be a kiss ass like do what you want to do and and like love yourself first of all you know what i mean and don't chase the dollar because people spend their whole life chasing it and they never make it and they're dead in the ground and for what and they could have lived their dream or they could have you know ran with the butterflies or done whatever they wanted to do neil that's what i'm telling i'm telling them run with the butterflies i like that uh lorene landon who uh, i love lorene landon who is also in the once a future smash great interview love what you said about budgets and how it's a script and actors that people want to see i love lorene landon she's in my film you're melting and you're wonderful and so thank you for that yeah, and we're glad you're doing uh, doing uh, well, Lorene. I know uh, you know, a year or two ago you weren't so well, but everything's looking up. She's wonderful. Stay wonderful. Hey, guys, Marsha Miller. Hello. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. There, there you go. Uh, another really nice guy, I think, is Joe Castro. And uh, his effects, talk about passion. It's hard to beat um, Joe Castro's passion when you start talking about monsters or or sure. any kind of effects like you can just see it in him how excited he is and then it comes through any in any movie joe's amazing and he's making the robot dracula in my new movie robot dracula so joe's a producer on that film and he's done some amazing effects robert mukes is in the movie joe castro oh, really? made him look like an amazing vampire and it's it's gonna be a fun one that's a very big vampire yeah yeah, Robert Mukes is amazing yeah. and amazingly tall, and he's so sweet. He like bends down to talk to me. I mean, I'm I'm not that short of a gentleman, but compared to Robert Mukes, everybody is tiny. Yeah. Everybody's a tiny. Yeah. Man. I am short, and then next to him, yes, yeah, <laughs> even more so. Uh, so funny too. I I really like hanging out with Robert Mukes. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's very good, and he has a without your head work shirt. So he's all very cool. Uh, Lorene Landon, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, my health is great. Very good to hear. Amazing. So our, uh, when's uh, Robot Dracula? I know you're working on it now. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, when do you think that will be available? I'm planning on releasing it on Halloween. So uh, Halloween falls on a Tuesday, which is when movies come out through my distributor. So hopefully... If all falls in with the tumblers, it will come out on Halloween. So uh, since you, you already have distribution for your films, like lined up and stuff. Um, so you don't do like uh, festival runs. I, you know, I don't, uh, you know, my business partner, Bill Victor Rukin submits some of the films that we've done together to festivals and we've been crushing it. I think alien dangers won up to about 30 different, oh, awards. you know what I mean? So, and we've won for best actor. I've won for best director several times and best editor. And we've won for best poster. And we're, you know, you know, we're ecstatic that we're winning. I, like I said, I have distribution. So I, yeah. I say, why buy the cow when you get the sex for free? Yeah, I was wondering what the benefits then are if you are, because although things are different, it used to really be you went to the festivals to get distribution. Now I think there's a there's some other reasons people do uh, festivals. So for yourself, what are the benefits? For me, nothing. Yeah. I I <laughs> I think it's great. Bill yeah. is very happy to put them in the festivals and win all the awards, and it's great. You know what I mean? And it's cool mm -hmm. that people are aware of the movie because it's in a festival. And it's like, oh, I heard this one the best. You know what I mean? But it's funny because I get emails from other festivals that are like, hey, you won. Do you want to give us money to like be in our festival and then we'll give you an award. Yeah, it's a weird, yeah, it's a I weird world. I've I seen don't a, care for that yeah, personally. Yeah. I never did because I've had distribution, you know, luckily since I started making movies. So I like to just make the movie and get it out there. And then the people that find it and tell the people it's out there and that's great. But 
you know, festivals are fun. I've been to a handful of them, and it's great to see movies that you wouldn't see anywhere else. And I these agree. labors of love and passion that people pour their heart and soul into, like, has an audience. Like, that's amazing. You know what I mean? And uh, since I have distribution, I have been considering putting out other people's movies and going to film festivals and starting to check out stuff. But at the same time, I'm making them. So I, I can only split myself so many ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot of travel involved. Um, they definitely have their ben uh, huge benefits. And then um, there's also a lot of negatives. For either way, though, anyone who's thinking about them, definitely do your research and ask other people about the festivals because there are some that will just take your money and not necessarily you have a shot of playing or maybe it doesn't even actually play in front of people. There's some, Oh yeah. Some out there that, that don't do that, which is, yeah. it's very strange, but yeah. there, there are a lot of uh, great festivals. Out there. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. So when you get to play the, um, the movies in LA on the screen, what's that like for you to go there and watch your movie on the screen with your friends and just people maybe you don't know. I like the party part of it. I like to hang out and mingle. I don't enjoy watching my own work in front of people. It makes me squirm in my own chair. Like as a performer and an artist, if it's live and I'm doing like the introduction, that feels great. But like having a canned performance and there's nothing you could do to alternate, alter it if there's like a, an audience that like isn't your audience and is kind of like cringing through the movie. Because, you know, I make a lot of adult situation kind of films you know what i mean so if it's playing at like the children's festival and then they're playing sexy time five and it might not be the right audience you know what i mean maybe they should... like mommy why is she uh, pouring cream corn on her on her butt right, exactly. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of splashing in hollywood well yeah. so a lot of cream corn uh alana dro uh adult film star uh does well with that can of cream corn and Hollywood <laughs> werewolf. Check it out for yourself at jamesbalsamo.com or Walmart or Best Buy. Now go see Alana and corn, the creamy kind. Yeah, I'm a big fan of cream corn. That's a hurdle of truth, Neil. That's what that is. <laughs> oh, man. That, that, that was a great one. No, no, I'm just kidding. But no, that, that was corny. Come on. There we go. I am always impressed that you could, uh, I mean, any, I'm not saying one, but if you get one out, okay. But you're very quick with them. No matter what you say, that is always very impressive. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sure it's really annoying if I was around you all the time. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so there's also a lot of talks of avocado, the life and death of avocados. In the, uh... It's true. So that's an homage to my first film, Hack Job. Uh, where I play a filmmaker and I kill pretentious filmmakers. And in the opening film, it's called The Life and Death of an Avocado. <laughs> so uh -huh. In Hollywood Werewolf, we come very full circle where I play a pretentious director and my next project is The Life and Death of an Avocado. And so Troy Froman from Saved by the Bell fame and uh, Darkman fame and Return of the Living Dead Part 2 fame paints himself green and does this amazing fake audition in the film. And you can check that out also, but I'm sure you're more interested in the cream corn. Well, I mean, we all have our own deals, you know? Oh, the I know. Corn, I'm surprised man. you mentioned the beans. That seems to be the uh, popular. Oh, really? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a unique guy. I'm glad that you didn't, you know, you got a little bit of something in there for everybody. Some people are chocolate syrup guys. Some people yeah. are Frank and beans. And then I was like, finally, cream corn. Yeah. Yeah. He's speaking my language. Yeah. You got to cover the spread. <laughs> right. You can play at my upcoming cream corn convention. Oh, <laughs> uh, Rick Chandler, I'm going to eat cream corn from Neil's ass now that he's a nun. Don't judge me. All right. That'll be in the next uh, film. Yeah, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that will sell, you know, maybe a copy. <laughs> yeah, from that guy. That guy <laughs> from Rick Chandler will buy it. Speaking of critic, well, the unit says critics, you said uh, uh, filmmakers, but at the end when you're yelling at the critics, is uh, how much of that is this kind of your uh, your own thoughts? In In what sense? And like, are is that like kind of your real uh, opinions on uh, on critics? 
or not all critics, but uh, some of the online critics? Um, you know, I I think I used to take the critics a little more personally than I should have. Like on my first film, critics were attacking me. So when I made my first feature at 25 and it was pirated all over the world next to movies like Taken starring Liam Neeson, they were comparing a $50,000 budget movie to a multi-million dollar Hollywood film opposed to a kid that made a movie in his parents' garage. You know what I mean? And so they were like, James Balsamo should never pick up a camera again. And like, this movie's terrible. But that pushed me in a direction to make a better film, which was I Spill Your Guts. And uh, I made a serious slasher film and I really did everything on that project. I was the director of photography. I did the effects for it. I really wanted it to be something good you know what i mean i had just made a movie because at at 25 i was like i could do this you know after working for trauma and sitting through hours and hours of like you know wonderful cinema that is trash in the best way i you know i was like i could do this i i know i could do this and so i did it and then people were like fuck this guy how dare he do this and so i of course i took it personally and so i set out to make a good movie and then once people were like oh it's okay then i was like oh good i don't have to like work so hard you know what i mean uh -huh. because you know i wanted to prove i wanted to prove that i could make a good movie and hack job was just i could make a movie and so now i've put out over a hundred film releases and sometimes I make a good movie, and sometimes I make a movie, you know. What I mean? But either way, I'm making a movie, and so you know, it's nice after uh, doing it for as long as I've been doing it that people are like, "Hey, you you make movies?" Because that's all I ever wanted to do was be known as the guy that makes movies. And that's how, how important was uh, working for Troma to you becoming, you know, an actual filmmaker. Uh, it was instrumental, you know what I mean? Uh, working working for Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Harris, you know, which is amazing that Lloyd Kaufman uh, just tweeted the trailer for my movie 14 Ghosts like three weeks ago. You know, he retweeted it, which is insane that after, you know what I mean, over, I don't know, I was 20, I was 19 when I started working for Troma and I'm 37 now. So you do the math. That's a long time ago. You know what I mean? To still have a relationship with him. Like he was instrumental in shaping who I was as an artist. And I'll tell you a funny story. I saw you had Debbie Rashad in your opening credits. I've known Debbie since I'm 19. She did a cameo in my first movie, uh, which became Hack Job, but it was originally called The Mark. And she was wearing nothing but a silver robe. And was willing to do nudity, and I was like, "No, Debbie, this is a this is like a real movie. This isn't like a Skinamax movie. I you keep your clothes on." And then Lloyd like bashed me over the head, and he's like, "What's wrong with you? If you ever want to sell a movie, put nudity in it." And that that's you know that changed my life because yeah. now I put nudity in almost everything that I do. And I get a celebrity, and that formula came from Lloyd himself. He like shook me and was like. I, you know what I mean? I remember the guy that was running the camera for me and he, he was like, you don't want her to get naked? Like, what are you, an idiot? Uh, you know what I mean? And David Rashad's stunning. And I was like, no, no, this, this is a movie. Like, I'm, uh, you know what I mean? I'm an artist. I'm not making a pornography here. And now, I, you know, I put nudity in everything because that's, that's how I make my living. You, know? you don't want to pour cream corn over like a three-piece suit or something. That's right, not the exactly. Same you, know, you want skin. You want you know flesh for the beast. So and uh, so uh, you know, um, I always like to ask people about uh, trauma because it's, it's very interesting. I really get one or two answers. One like yourself. I've had people said really it was their uh, it was their film school. You know. They went. They worked for Troma, learned how to make movies. They didn't make money. And I had some people who, you know, vehemently hate uh, Troma. And it really, for me, it comes down to what people think they're going to get out of it. I do think if people go in thinking, I'm going to become, you know, this rich guy, you know, you're probably not going to be happy. But if you go in with the idea like this is an this is experience uh, to go on and do my own thing, you're yeah. going to have a better uh, experience. Go, go back to the thing i was saying about running with the butterflies don't chase that dollar especially working for troma like right. you know what I mean? yeah and I, they're pretty upfront with that so oh yeah they 
they used to say on their website like be a slave as like a joke you know what i mean but like you know i was living in long island commuting to manhattan on my own dollar to like take out lloyd kaufman and michael hers's trash and like sweep outside of a manhattan street building and i loved it i loved every minute of it you know what i mean and yeah. they paid you in like free shaker discs like a dvd if it if it's loose in the case they call it a shaker and so they would be like oh we can't sell these because they're loose in the thing but since you you know slave for us you could have these and i was grateful you know what i mean like i said if it wasn't for Lloyd and Michael Hers, you know what I mean? I definitely wouldn't be making the kinds of movies. I'd be making nude list art films called The Life and Death of an Avocado. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, um, I believe this just yesterday, the um, trauma has been uh, uh, kicked off YouTube altogether. They're what they're. Uh... Yeah, I saw it. It's terrible. You know what I mean? And it's a shame. It's a shame that they constantly don't get the respect that they deserve for a company that's been around for so long and, you know, works tirelessly and, you know, shows the mainstream media that there is a fan base and a cult and fans, you know what I mean? Like so many people have Toxie tattoos and Sergeant Kabuki man tattoos and Newcomb Hyde tattoos. And like, they just dedicate their life to trauma and like, this company that makes these weird, obscure films and buys other films from, you know, foreign film markets and like weird and like weird, fun cinema. You know what I mean? And they're they, they really have the stranglehold on that in a sense of the mainstream and they still don't get the respect for it, which is crazy. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff's before it's time because you can watch it for all uh the the weirdness and all this stuff and have fun with it but um toxic avenger you know talk about you know bullies and stuff really way before that was like you know in in a lot of mainstream things um a lot of stuff about the food we eat and a lot of those movies and so there's more to to uh the trauma films than just you know the stuff you see the the uh the nudity the weird gore whatever yeah, well, that's something I, I would say I definitely learned from trauma is inserting a message about society in a cloak and dagger kind of way with silly monsters and over the top gore and nudity. But there is a message at the core, like you said, and there's some great values and societal views that should be heard and seen. And just because they kind of are covered in slime and mutant goo, a lot of people look past them. But at their core, they're really great stories and messages in there. Yeah. And this is bad for everybody out there, um, even if you're not affiliated with uh, Troma, because even here without your head, um, just recently I was um, I have a warning now on my on the account because of nudity in a trailer. They said it was pornography and it, it I mean, it was it was a horror movie trailer and um, even stupid stuff like I was trying to sell Psycho Ape T-shirts for the next movie, Psycho Ape 2 that I'm uh, producing. And uh, they were saying that that was um, it was guilty of being um, insensitive to the mental Ill, to mentally ill people. And I mean, a lot of this stuff's getting pretty crazy. Yeah, the, the pendulum swings. But I think if you keep, you know, hard on those tracks of, of keep pushing forward, then you'll get through these hard times of, you know, uh, suppressing culture and you know, oversensitive times, you know, it, the pendulum swings one way, it's got to swing back the other way. That's just how the yin and yang work of it. So, uh, congrats. This is from, uh, Jamie Hill from Skinamarink. Thank you. Adieu. Very cool. Skinner Which was, is, uh, Skinamarink on its own, uh, Skinamarink, um, I think it's inspirational for independent filmmakers too. Went on to, uh, you know, play theatrically and do very well for a very low budget movie, and actually low budget, like you said, not like a five million dollar. Oh, I know that that always blows my mind when they say independent film and then they go, oh yeah, here's a independent film. It's got John C. Riley in it, and you know <laughs> what I mean. It costs five million dollars. You're like, yeah. oh. I was at a festival and I was interviewing a guy. And I was like, wow, this, and it was a stop motion movie. It looked really good for, uh, cause I assumed it was low for the budget. 
And he's like, oh, you know, it costs 50 million. I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I guess it didn't look that good then. I don't know. So, yeah, right. For 50 million, it looked awful. Yeah, and it made like, it never played anywhere besides a festival. I mean, right. It's cool <laughs> if you play a festival if it costs a few thousand, but, you know. Yeah, all no, you're playing. money and film, they're, they're, you know, they're weird. They have a weird relationship. And sometimes that 50 million doesn't go on the screen. You know what I mean? It goes into somebody's pocket. <laughs> so, um, so stuff like um, when I'm watching uh, uh, Hollywood World, there's some stuff in there like uh, you leave in kind of, um, I don't say flubs, but like you, you tell the guy like we're still filming. How much of that? Um, did you think of editing out and you just leave in? What's like the thought process there? Because also for people who don't know the movie, sort of like a, a documentary while you're watching it. Everything that was on screen is purposeful. So uh, Andy Dick's thing uh, in person is that he does a bit while we're filming where you think he's stopping to take a break. And then he's like, no, I'm still acting. And that is part of his bit still. There's a really funny Mr. Show sketch. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, It's my favorite. Uh, my okay, favorite so... sketch comedy of all time. Okay, so then you'll be familiar with the audition. Bob Odenkirk comes in to do an audition. And he starts doing a monologue in front of the people that he's doing the audition for. And he messes up. And then... They're like, oh, oh, it's okay. He goes, and he goes, no, it's part of the monologue. And it just goes on and on deeper and deeper. And then he goes, can, can I use that chair? And they don't know whether to talk or not. And they're all, uh, yeah. And he's like, no, that's part of the monologue. And then it gets to a point where he's conversing back and forth with them. And they're like, really? This is part of the monologue? And he's like, yes. And then he shows them and it's all in the monologue at the end that is hollywood werewolf neil it's all purposeful it is all very self-aware everything that is on screen was meant to be in that movie it's funny you uh i didn't know you're a mr show fan it's funny because when i was watching as soon as you pop on doing the elliot wolf uh uh like the dialogue and playing the character it really reminded me of bob odenkirk and some of the mr shows especially like uh from the the ronnie uh ronnie dobb stuff I love Bob Odenkirk and uh, David Cross. I think they're brilliant. I've liked them, you know, since I was a little kid. I'd stay up and watch, you know, HBO late at night, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, my God, the show! And, like, Titanica, you know what I mean? There's oh, yeah, so it's, it's some of the best skits ever, I oh, think. It's so and, ridiculous. And, uh, for people who don't know, it's for my first time I saw Tenacious D, because it would be like a, a little, like, very short uh, show after Mr. Show. Oh, yeah. Great yeah. stuff, and I'm always happy. Not that I know any of them, but anytime I see them do well, I'm always like very just happy because, like, oh, it's almost like a friend of mine doing well because I saw those guys, you know, Mr. Yeah. And, and I know Bob like didn't really do well for many years. He got depressed after Mr. Show uh, went off, and then like to get um, to get um, Breaking Bad and and, uh, and the show after that is like that's pretty wild. Well, yeah, that's well. First of all. Bob Odenkirk is a brilliant writer. You know, he wrote the Chris Farley in a van down by the river. <laughs> right. That, Bob Odenkirk wrote that. That thing that Chris Farley's the most famous for, Bob Odenkirk wrote it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, Bob Odenkirk's one of those guys that was, like, a behind-the-scenes kind of writer, and then he was like, oh, I, I want to act. And he's he's brilliant. He's, you know, you know, he's amazing. So I'm glad he's crushing it. And then did you see Nobody? That movie oh, yeah, is yeah. insane. Yeah. I love that movie. You know, incredible. Yeah, and who would have ever thought, like, uh, that would be Bob Odenkirk someday? Like, uh, you I, know, someone's followed him for years. Like, you'd never, he's going to be an action star, like, you know, when he's like 50 or something. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. I remember seeing a thing with uh, uh, Tim and Eric saying, like, uh, they, they had just sent, like, some of their little skits they did to Bob Odenkirk, and he liked it and, like, got him on, uh, on TV. And I was like, I mean, I like that kind of stuff. Like he's, you know, just okay. a good guy too. Oh yeah, he he produced Tom Goes to the Mayor and uh, yeah, which was really great. Uh, that's another one. Uh, no one ever uh, mentions it, but I think it's great. Oh yeah, I love that stuff. And uh, yeah, that's good stuff. 
So how about yourself? Do you, uh, you obviously doing the features. Have you ever thought of doing shorts? But uh, then at the same time, I don't know if there's really a platform that, for those. So, yeah, actually, I started doing a collection of shorts uh, in a film series called Mind Melters. And I just finished Mind Melters 14. So oh, uh, all my short subject films and music videos and celebrity promos, I... Uh, I put them out in a thing called Mind Melters, and you could check those out at Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes and Noble. Like I said, Mind Melters fourteen is uh, coming out next month. So the answer is yes, Nasty Neil, and you should have been aware of these because there's fourteen volumes of them. Yeah, I, I've been doing those for a while, and they're really fun to make. And what's crazy is that they're some of my best sellers. You know, those sexy time movies I do. I just did Sexy Time Six, which is a compilation of the breast scenes some from some of my films and then mind melters and those uh those are the ones that people want so check it out they're fun i have not seen any mind melters i would like to check these out actually yeah yeah i'll send you one they're they're wacky Thank for you. sure will we ever see the death of of avocados the life and death of avocados you can see a clip of it in my first movie hack job which uh had its 10 year anniversary three years ago so the 10 year anniversary is out now walmart best buy barnes and noble hack job it's got the late dave brocky aka odor strongest from guar and lloyd coffin's in that and debbie rashawn with her clothes on is also in that movie as well as lynn lowry oh very nice very nice. what's uh <clears throat> what's been the most surprising um cameo you've ever had uh John Landis, probably, to think that he's in two of my films. And the fact that the last time I saw him, he told me a story where he vetted me. He said, you know, somebody came up to me and said, hey, John, James Balsamo said you're in this movie. Are you really in this movie? And he goes, yeah, I'm in James Balsamo's movie. John Landis told me that story about him vetting me to somebody else. That's crazy. You know what I mean? That's crazy to me. I mean, I, I love John Landis's work so much. You know what I mean? Like, I am such a fan. And for him, to, not only to know who I am, but he also sends me postcards. These are postcards. Oh, man, that's really John cool. Landis, uh, multiple postcards. You know, he let me know that he got the film Alien Danger 2, which he's in, and then that he liked it. And he liked his part in the movie, so John Landis. That's pretty wild. I would have, I would not have. Exp uh, <clears throat> like you said, it's it's cool that he even did it. But then uh, it's even cooler that he uh, he's proud of it, and uh, he tells other people and personally sends you uh, postcards. Yeah, I know it's crazy. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I'm saying. And I didn't throw millions of dollars at right. John Landis. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like you can do it too. Like don't. Let money stand in your way. Don't ever let money stand in your way for anything. If you have a dream, you can do it. Run with the butterflies. Where did that thing come from, Run with the Butterflies? Did you just make it up? I just made it up, Neil. That's my new slogan for this show, Run with the I Butterflies. Like I like it. And uh, speaking of John Landis, I, um, I kind of like this doubt. You got kind of a, you know, Amer American Wolf in London uh, homage with the snout coming out on Andy Dick. Yeah, Joe Castro did that. Yeah, it's great. And Andy Dick loved that. When when he saw that, he was, like, so excited. He was, like, all about that. that uh, he was like, oh, my God, it's like American Werewolf in London. That is amazing. Oh, interesting. So I, I don't really, you, you know, know much about him, so I didn't know if he was into horror movies at all or weird movies. You know? uh, I think... I think most people enjoy horror. There's some people that are very adamant that they don't watch it or they're scared of it. And then I think there's people that dabble. And then I think there's people that, you know, love it and that are lifers and surround themselves with horror memorabilia, such like that. And that's us. As yeah. I see, you've got little figures here. So I've got oh, my, very nice. Got my little Nick Castle, who's in my movie Slice. We just did a convention together where we were signing autographs across from each other. So that was oh, cool. Sweet. I got to see Nick Castle in Sacramento last weekend. So, yeah, yes. you never know. Yeah, I was once uh, seated at Mad Monster next to, to next to him as well. Oh, nice. This is very cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's nice, but then it's also yay. 
you know, I'm just sitting there while all these other people, there's a big line for the cool people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> well, yeah and you try, cool, you, cool. you make small talk while they're just standing in line to see them. Yeah. And then like, hey, you want to see, you want to see what I do now? Well, think about how long, hey. Was hey, I was dreaming. I'm sorry. I did not mean to hit that, but it was all right. At least it wasn't something horrible. Yeah, exactly. It's you covered in cream corn. <laughs> what? What? That would be amazing. I don't know why that would be so horrible. <laughs> so, are you going to be at? Uh, are you going to be in Arizona at Mad Monster? I will. Yeah. So come, come hang out with me at uh, Mad Monster party in Arizona. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. Can be very hot. We'll be inside. It's not like it's a <laughs> volcano. <laughs> right. Yeah. That. Yeah. You. Know, it'll be an outdoor. Uh, convention yeah exactly so uh um when you're at the convention like i said you go not only you can uh meet james which you're very fun to meet person but you also have a chance to be in your movie so that's very cool and you can buy cool shirts thanks yeah or you know send me a message you want to be in a movie i'll figure out a way to get you in one i'm making a bunch of them so yeah and i saw a lot of my friends uh pop up in uh hollywood werewolf uh some of them you know, uh, in video, and some of them were uh, were pictures, so that was cool too. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch of you know horror fanatics in Hollywood Werewolf, so it's cool. To I also saw my buddy uh, David Maggot uh, McDonough did. Uh, he was uh, a cameraman, I think. Yeah, yeah. He filmed that cream corn scene that you love. Well, so he did. <laughs> did all. Yeah, it's like six degrees of cream corn. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Maggot's really good guy. Uh, he lived out here, moved to LA, and now he's back here, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, he moved back. Yeah, I believe he moved back to uh, Boston. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, and for people who haven't who never saw his uh, his feature, it's like forty five minutes, I think, is um, Groundhog. Very fun movie. And I am which in you that. are in, yeah. Full circle. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. We did it. Yeah. So you've already mentioned, but people want to go and see Hollywood Werewolf. Where can they find it? Go to jamesbalsamo.com or follow me on Twitter at Acid Bath Product. Find me on Instagram at James Balsamo or at Acid Bath Productions. And add me on Facebook. I want to be your friend, James Balsamo. Get Hollywood Werewolf at Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes & Noble, uh, FYE. All other stores that sell movies should have Hollywood Werewolf starring Andy Dick. And also me. I'm also in that movie, so go check it out. Yeah, you can see the double Elliot Wolves. How many times did you say Elliot Wolf in the movie? I believe uh, 674. Alf, <laughs> I'll just say take like a shot, but don't take a shot. Yeah, you'll, uh, you, you'll be out. Yeah, exactly. Alf, my dog, also plays a character named Elliot Wolf. So there's a running joke that Andy Dick is Elliot Wolf. I'm Elliot Wolf. And Alf is also Elliot Wolf. Will, right. the, will the real Elliot Wolf please stand up? Yeah, exactly. Very cute. What's on your shirt, by the way? It looks like crab claws, but I'm not sure what. Oh no, it's a. Uh, oh, it's dinosaurs. Right. Sorry, dinosaurs attack T-shirt. Oh, sweet lunch break. What's that? Is that from something? It's a. It was a card series. The people that made Mars Attacks made a card series called Dinosaurs Attack, where dinosaurs horribly mutilated uh, everybody, uh, women, children, men. Uh, equipment of the construction kind, all sorts of stuff. It's fun so. for the whole family, then. Yeah, they're really fun. Uh, Fright Rags did a shirt a few years ago, and then uh, I loved this collection as a kid. And so there's a website called Sticker Mule, which I have no affiliation to, but you could print anything you want. So Sticker Mule. Yeah, yeah, I've had stickers, and they're very cool. All right, well, it's always fun to have you on, and we will do it again soon. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. We will uh, be live tomorrow night. And go and follow James wherever you uh, are on social media, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, on Grinder. you know, all, all the websites. Are, that's, our, that's how we, we met. And... All right. Good night, everybody. Bye.